Time to take flight with Audio Airstrike. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Audio Airstrike. I'm Everett Hall McNeil, and I have a special guest, actor, overall entertainer. You a comedian, too? On occasion. <laughs> we know for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, Martin Lopez is with us. Um, thank you for coming in, man. Pleasure we appreciate it. So, hopefully, we know for a fact this podcast isn't going to be as long as the Avengers for running time. Right, because apparently it is eight hours in length. People are signing up for a full day of movie. <laughs> Bro, what is going on? Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. That's too long. You think so? That's way too long. See, I'm a nerd, so I'm okay with it. Like. Uh, when the Lord of the Rings came out, like the jokes dropped on that, and I'm fine. Like I'm fine with nine hours of epic film. So if right. you want to stretch out, you know, Marvel's next awesomeness, like, would you have really been upset about another 45 minutes of Black Panther? Depends on how it went. If it was same quality, because that so, movie was phenomenal, right? Yeah. Like you could have like done more, uh, you know, background into like any of the tribes. Like you could have stretched it out. For me, it's quality, not quantity. So if yeah. the movie's good. Make it as long as you want. I will endure. I can respect that, but also here's the thing that I'm. If you're gonna do that, if it needs to be four hours, mm-hmm. then you may want to consider like miniseries or sequel at that point. Fair point. You know they did that with Kill Bill, right? You know you were looking at you're looking at a four hour plus movie, so they cut it into two where there wasn't really a natural break, and they made it work. I hadn't thought of that by that. Right. But all right, what about this? Haven't they already done that? Right, we didn't get a complete movie with uh, the Infinity Gauntlet. Um, that is true, but I think it was necessary considering this is one of the biggest stories ever. Considering the fact of how long it was going to be, considering the different considering, steps that it took. Spoiler alert: half the universe died. Uh, right, <laughs> which we have not seen. Usually, it's been superhero faces mm-hmm. the opposite of him. Right. He wins in the end. Right, no. The whole universe has got capped almost. Mm-hmm. Except Cap. <laughs> well done. I see what you did there. Well done. <laughs> and when I'm looking at this whole thing, I'm like, oh, wow. They actually let the bad guy win. And oh. my first thought was, don't be surprised if other films start getting on that trend where they let the bad guy kind of get away at okay. the end. See, here's here's the, I'm a comic book nerd. Right. I knew the end was coming. You didn't, right. you didn't know that it was going to end that way? I thought, well, I, yeah, I mean, I thought people were going to get capped. It yeah, surprised me that Black Panther was going to be going. I yeah. thought they were going to keep him around yeah, because of what he's able to do. But I was like, I guess they want to keep it the original and then bring other people back. Kill off the, I guess, the four main people. And then this is me being hodgepodge spectator here. Right. They're going into phase four, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Right? That's a, that's a setup. So I guess whoever is in the front line of the new Avengers, I guess because Captain America's cop, I mean, uh, Captain America, Chris Evans is, we know publicly he is stepping down from the right. role. We know that publicly. Yeah. So, Which I don't understand. Like, as an actor, you know, like, how do you step away from an iconic role? Like, I could see, like, maybe after, like, a decade plus, like, maybe if I got boxed into something and I was tired of it, you know, but, like... How do you know he's not boxed in personally? Yeah, I, I guess I don't. You know, I certainly don't. Maybe there's reasons. Yeah. But, like, for me, like, it's, like, who doesn't want to be Captain America, right? Like, who doesn't want to be one of these iconic heroes? So, for, for me, it's interesting. I guess I'm curious. Yeah. Right? I'm curious as to, like, what necessarily... 
And, and of course, the real answer, right? Yeah. If you're in the film industry, you want to know the real answer, not the answer that they give for the public. Right. And not, the, not the nice answer that, you know, they, they toss out there to, you know, make the PR people happy. But I'm curious, it's like, what really makes a man say, like, I'm done being Captain America? Yeah. I mean, it could be a lot of things. It could be, it could be they don't, you know, they want something different. They played this for a number of years. Mm-hmm. It could be a contractual thing. It could be a. It could be a money thing. It could be. There's so many stuff that surrounds it mm-hmm. that it could be any one of those reasons. But yeah. back to what I was saying about Infinity War, I think that it was just. A, I mean, I feel like they were doing this kind of for a changing of the guard. I feel like we're going to see that in this upcoming one. Yeah, and that may be the case. Um, again, like I'm a comic book nerd, so like. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to, you know, toss out there. But so there's a difference. You, you don't know that the movies are always going to follow the comics. In the comics, their headline people die. Mm-hmm. Like, that's legit. So the, yeah. mo- the movie follows the tale correctly. So I was, you know. For getting, now. Yeah. In the comics. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. how comics are. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the death of Superman was one of the best things that DC ever did. Right. And then immediately had to bring him back because it re-energized the, the title, right? right? Nobody cared about Superman until he died. And all right. of a sudden, like, that's, that's not okay. Right. There's supposed to be a red cape up there 24-7 all right. the time. It's like uh, it's like when Hostess got rid of uh, you know all the Hostess snakes. Like you didn't want them, but you wanted that thing on the shelf so that you comfortably knew that was there. Right, that piece right. of your childhood was intact. Right. Yeah, you're never gonna buy a you know a Twinkie, but you want it on the shelf. Uh, <laughs> it's, humans are odd things. Um, I'll be curious to see where they go with it. Right. Like if they if they follow the comic line. Uh, the characters that we've lost are not necessarily lost, but. You're talking about it from an industry perspective, right? Because you're 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 the guy behind the camera. You you organize the film, and it might be a very good way of rebooting a lot of titles without losing them. Yeah, right. You tie it in with the storyline, and you don't have to do a hard reset in another film with another origin story, another character. Um, and that's something I've been wondering about too, because like even as a hardcore fan, and I'm a nerd, right? Like I'm a certified nerd, like you do get tired of losing the first 20, 30 minutes of every film to the origin story. Like, yeah. We know the, how all Batman the exposition. Yeah. We know how Spider-Man showed up. There's been, what, 87 Spider-Man reboots? Like, we don't need to see Uncle Ben die again. We got that part covered. Right. So, yeah, how do you keep a title going that fans want to see and not, you know, tell that same old trope over and over again? Well, I think what happened was is that they were doing that. Okay, we're going to do the original story. And when politics in the film industry played out the way that they did, they started, if you notice, they started researching into the comics more and more as time and on, as time went on, as the politics got more. It's like, all right, the public is well aware of the origin stories. We need to dig deeper and yeah. bring these stories to life. Okay. So then let's do our research okay we can do a whole cinematic universe make our money and hire a who's who of today's best actors and pay them Mm -hmm. but it has to be built over a 10-year span Mm -hmm. that's why marvel won and dc flopped dc did not take their time to turn around and be like hey we're going to strategically plan this they were playing catch up and rushed everything yeah so they were playing checkers Marvel's sitting over here playing chess. Yeah. Like, every movie really, like, lent in and set the capstone for the other films. You're absolutely right. 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 That's just my thoughts on it. Am, am I looking forward to the four-hour time? I'm willing to do it. <laughs> I'm willing. <laughs> I'm willing to sit over there because it is Marvel, and I know they're going to keep me entertained. However, right. I'm scared because it's like, all right, I don't want to have to, like, take a leak and then right. miss something right right right, right. that's yeah. the scary part yeah I, I feel that but like let me ask you this though like when's the last bad marvel movie you saw 
Um, can when I give a hot take? Sure. The last Guardians of the Galaxy. Really? The last one with Kurt Russell. Really? The last one with Kurt Russell. I, I saw it. I was like, okay, this may not be the first two. Yeah. So it was, there's only two, right? There's only two there's Guardians two, of the Galaxy. Yeah. Oh, two. Thought, okay. Thought, so the one, one was solid. The the first one, well done. The second one with Kurt Russell, the I was like. The first one was great. Yeah. yeah. The second one with Kurt Russell, I was like, I you can make an argument that oh, the first one is better than the, the first one's certainly bad. Yeah, yeah. I, said, I said bad though. My question was bad. Like I told it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the second one was Shakespeare, but like I was. You know, I thought it was entertained. I wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't yeah. walk out of the movie upset. Like you make film. You know, when you've seen a bad movie and you leave the theater, you're like the hell. Oh right? yeah. <laughs> yeah like, Last Airbender. Like, anything yeah, that M yeah, Night Shyamalan made. Yeah. <laughs> the Blair Witch Project. Any any of that mess, right? right all that. We'll get killed for saying I that because we're from here. <laughs> I said it. Said it. <laughs> but yeah, so that, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, yeah, I'm, I have faith. I as yet have faith. Put it this way, uh, juxtaposition to that, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Right. And they've lost me. I'll go see Star Wars movies, but I no longer expect it to be good. Like, I go because I want to see lightsabers and I love the music and all that, but, like, they lost me some time ago on the credibility scale. Like, I know I'm, go- I'm going to go see the next Star Wars I movie the, and it might be bad. The Last Jedi, I think it pissed people off because yeah. there wasn't a unanimous, like, with Force Awakens, there wasn't a unanimous, like, hey, this was dope. Like, that's what right. the Force of Awakens was. Right. Last Jedi literally split the fan base to yeah. decide if this is good or this is trash. Right. I've never seen a Star Wars film do that. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I've like, never seen a Star yeah, Wars film do like, that. Yeah, whether or not people dug it or not or whatever, like, there wasn't, like, anger. Like, people were furious. Uh, and, like, I, I think you can go back to, like, uh, Tactic, right? That, who came up with that fuel thing? Like that is—that's the worst thing you could ever do to that guy. Like that—that that makes every movie going forward impossibly hard to film, right? right? And I just think it from an industry standpoint, right? Like, you know, why would you do that? Like, as a filmmaker, you want devices that let you tell like uh, more creative stories or interesting stories or like give you more loops. Like, you don't want to like put ground rules on yourself that you then can't like you know move by. Like, why would you make it harder? Yeah, it was just... I feel like you can only use the Force on Tuesdays from now on. Like, why, right. why would you do that? <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense, man. It really doesn't. So, moving on to the next topic. So, Bohemian Rhapsody is under fire. Is it? For getting Freddie Mercury wrong. Apparently. All right, w- walk me through Appla- this. Apparently. So, <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody has numerous historical All right. inaccuracies that have been criticized for misrepresenting the legacy of Freddie Mercury. Good. Biopics are very hard to pull off. That I agree. Mm-hmm. Especially one of the main subjects of the movie has passed away. Especially when one of the main subjects has passed away. Right. Rami McKell's portray- portrayal of Mercury is praised, and rightfully so, but the story comes off a bit weird in places, especially since anybody with an internet connection can Google the history of the band. Bohemian Rhapsody comes off like a band trying to take away from Mercury's legacy at times. Obviously, this seems like a bias. This is from MovieWeb.com. Yeah. It seems a bit biased. It, yeah, it certainly does. Right? It, it, it seems like maybe they were a hardcore Queen fan and they wanted like a little bit more Queen and less like this one dude and then they feel like they got the dude wrong. I don't know. Like, 
who are you going to get to play Freddie Breaker? He's like the perfect guy. Right. There is nobody else. Right. And he with crushes that. it. Right. And like, you know, like as an actor, I always want to praise when other people do well because it's very easy to sit there and see somebody cast in a role you want and be like, oh, I could have done that. Right. Like, the dude, arrogance. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Dude crushes it. Right. Right. So like, I don't, yeah, I don't. And people are excited about it. And like, listen, nothing against Queen, but it wasn't like the Beatles or like Led Zeppelin. You didn't have that like universal following. Right. So to do like like more of a, a niche band and, you know, a guy that maybe not everybody knows about to come out and like just hit a home run with your performance. Yeah, it seems an odd criticism to me. I think I think people get a little bit anytime that they are doing a biopic mm-hmm. or a comic book. The stands come out. And they want it to be done a certain type of way. Yeah, especially that like that primary fan, right? right. That, that that like that diehard fan that's yeah. got like four or five posters on the yeah. wall. They've been the waiting bed. for this. They've been waiting for this for twenty years. Right. Like. They've been waiting for this twenty years. They got the bed with his face on it. They got the pillow with his face on it. They got the t shirt. They got the wristbands. They got the underwear. Oh, I ain't gonna ask no questions. That's awesome. But that's what they. But they are. You know, so, there's queen underwear. There's queen underwear. I know for a fact there was. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it was clean too. That's another uh, story for another time. Um, <laughs> it's on it was tape. Clean. It's on tape. So when I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this and I'm sitting there thinking to myself like, <laughs> y'all really are gonna get this butt hurt. Over a yeah. biopic, they're trying to do their best. I can understand if it was the Aaliyah biopic that came out, uh, the Aaliyah biopic biopic that came out, the Lifetime special. I can understand if it was that bad on that level of bad. You, you know, I grew up with it, right? I'm aware. How how do you how, sidebar? How do you feel about that biopic? I haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen it. Yet. You haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Don't waste your time. That bad, huh? I, I haven't seen it, and I heard everybody was taking complete crap on it. Yeah, we grew up in the same hometown, like right the same thing. Like it's a little little few years off, but I'm from the Midwest. Get out of here! Where, where exactly move? South, you from? South Bend, Indiana. Mm. Yeah. No wonder you don't act like a Marylander. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he knows I don't quite sound like it. It's, right. Not at all. Yeah, but this is weird. My pop, my pop is from Brooklyn. Uh, so like half of it's like the East Coast, whatever. But it's like you take an East Coast kid and you have him grow up in cornfields, and then you get this. <laughs> That's why it's not my fault. None of this is my fault. <laughs> some 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 chick will take liking to you. We'll see. We'll see how that we'll, we'll see, see how that goes. I Martin, wanna, I want to put up with Martin is one of them type of people, and I know this for a fact. If your head ain't in the books, I'm not with it. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't. That's how he is. Yep, that's exactly how he is. No, back to Freddie. Right. So people have these impossible ground rules to lay down. First of all, the guy's not here, so the best way that you can go about it is get the people band involved members. who are there, yeah. band members and stuff like that, which I'm pretty sure they did that. They're more than willing. Yeah. Right. I, I heard, I heard uh, I, excuse me, I forget the guy's guitarist, but like the, the lead guitarist from Queen was on NPR the other day, sat right. down and did an hour talking about the film and blah, 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 blah. So yeah, they, they certainly had resources. I don't think they like shot from the hip on this one. Right. I don't think they just sat over there and says, all right, we're just going to make money and if y'all uh, see this, uh, whatever we just want to take your money I don't think they went into that with that mindset I think Neither. they wanted to accurately tell this story the best way they possibly could using the feedback from family from band members and stuff like that my issue is folks the biopic wasn't trash the trailer wasn't trash the trailer was great the trailer was great and well great. done which will make you go see the full movie yeah I might have not, not seen it with right. that trailer that's an effective trailer I was like I want to go see right tear it up on screen for so if the trailer is that nice 
and he's looking every bit of Freddie Mercury as you can possibly get. He's looking spectacular. <laughs> right. This is not Mr. Robot that you're dealing with here. Right. This is Freddie Mercury. And shout outs to Raymond. Um, what's his last? What's his last name? How you pronounce it? I don't want to butcher it. So shout outs to Rami. We appreciate it. I don't want to butcher it because I ain't trying to get killed for it. That's Google. Google knows. Google right. knows all kinds of stuff. Right. Can't give Google too much power though. They end up like Disney. You already are that. But um. From that perspective, man, y'all just need to chill out. I don't even know what more to say. Y'all need to chill out. I agree. Go see the movie. Take it for what it is. This is not Star Wars. This is not something to get triggered over. Yeah. You guys will be fine. And you guys and got the music, too. So you guys got music and video if you're not satisfied with the movie. They got their whole catalog on YouTube for you to yeah. watch and love. Yeah, and it's not a research paper. Like, you're, you're, you're watching entertainment, right? So you're right. going to get a slant on a story. You're not going to, you know, nobody that makes an old school gangster movie about Chicago, like, gives you the exact accurate portrayal of Al Capone. They take a, a, an angle on him. They take a lens and they, and they tell a story. That, that's what entertainment is. It's not, it's not the truth. <laughs> yeah, we're here to entertain you. There's a line between... And I get it. There's a line between education and entertainment. Mm-hmm. And as a creative, you have to find that niche in between. Mm-hmm. And people are going to miss sometimes. People are going to hit and people are going to miss. It's the risk you take. You have to, right? In, in, yeah. order to, in order to do something interesting and new and to keep challenging audiences so they're not bored in the right. end, you got to take different angles, right? You take uh, creative approaches. Because here's the problem. People are complaining about a remake. Or they're complaining about there's so much money being drawn to these remakes. How come we're not getting original ideas? Then when the original ideas come out, they don't want to support the original idea so it can make more money so they can get a sequel so they can get it and carry it on. And it'd be a new, fresh franchise with a new Mm storyline, new actors and a whole new, fresh concept that we have not seen before. Correct. That is my problem with y'all as consumers. Y'all will be the first ones to say, look, I'm tired of the remakes, but then don't support the original films that come out with an original concept with original characters that you've never heard of before. Mm -hmm. Humans are needy people. (laughs) Americans are needed people. Yes, that's, that's fair enough. Fair enough. Damn Americans. Anyway, yeah, my brother's dating a French girl. I, I now have a whole new perspective. Like, you want needy? The French are up there too. Mm, so, really? Yeah, Americans are. Yeah. Oh, French are very picky people. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. We need to get a French person in here to talk yeah. about that. Yeah. We just let her pick the restaurants because, like, that way it's not our fault when everything goes wrong. <laughs> that's so, smart yeah, so yeah you pick the spot it's, it's not on us you can look at her and be like yeah it's yeah. your fault this it's was only trash. a four star restaurant I'm sorry it's just I don't know I don't mean, you know what we're doing here right oh my god that's hey fun. darling hey she <laughs> gonna just kill totally you gonna watch this later. she gonna kill you be like uh, yeah. this dude right here I like her quite a bit but I, I love giving her shit about the French love makes me happy all right so speaking of other news so apparently there was a shooting at a six nine music video set takashi six nine takashi six nine has seen a lot of success over the past few months alone the rapper was shooting a music video in la yesterday alongside kanye west and Nicki minaj good lord Anyway, oh Kanye. <laughs> oh Kanye. Two artists would have collaborated. Two artists who have collaborated with him in the past. Unfortunately, shots rang out in the middle of the music video shoot. Long story short, a bullet hit Nicki Minaj's window. She wasn't there. Kanye ran, and Six Nine gave his response about the whole music video shooting incident. Okay. So this is my thoughts on that. Preach. They all have done stuff to piss people off <laughs> right. over the past several yeah. months. Yeah. Six nine with his trolling. 
Nicki Minaj being Nicki Minaj at times, just talking trash and doing stuff or mm. doing little petty stuff here Young and there. Young lady has edge. Yeah, yeah, and Kanye. Is, you don't even need to say it. Yeah. It's one of those situations where if you've been under a rock for the past several months, yeah. you know exactly what it's doing. Right. God damn it. Right. <laughs> what, what is wrong with you, man? <laughs> Bruh, I was on, when he did that, I was off of him. I was like. But you know what? Like, that's one of those, like, silver lining moments. Like, the man in the room that stood up to that, like, that just couldn't hack it, right? Right. It wasn't a big name dude that just, like, you you, you, you had a guy that, like, could have lost his job over that, right? You right. this superstar in He's a studio. senior producer. He's a senior yeah. producer, TMZ. Van Lathan. Right, right. So, you, you, got, you got a superstar in studio doing a piece, uh, and, like, that guy. And he didn't even, like, wait till later. He couldn't let it go, right? He right. heard wrong. He right. heard absolute wrong. And at that moment, just, no, it was too right. much for him. I will love him for the rest of his life for that. That's right. a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't matter how famous you are, doesn't matter like this cannot stand, right? Cannot let right. this go. And then here's the problem, right? Or I shouldn't say here's the problem, but here's the silver lining to this, right? Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden, recently, Kanye says, Oh, I'm feeling used, I'm not gonna talk about politics. Keep in mind this is after mm. the Yeezy selling, the selling of the Yeezys, the mm. shoe, has slowed progressively down. Mm-hmm. So now you don't want to talk about politics because your brand is affected mm-hmm. and people aren't playing your albums like they're used to. Right. And I've said this on this show plenty of times. He does stuff for the album rollout. Like 6 9 when he trolls people. You are trolling street rap dudes that are about the same age yeah. that don't give a damn. Right. They don't give a damn. They will be just as savage as you are. And then right. when I hear stuff like and this. They, and they have less to lose. Yeah. They have very less to lose. to lose. Right. right. So when you decide to troll street dudes that think on a street level, yep. know what comes with that. Yeah. And, and this is what happens. And, and, you know, that that comes to like, I don't know anything about 6 9 I don't know, like, you know, how familiar he is with that. He's, like, a, he's, a, he's not a mumble rapper, but he's a rapper that does a lot of trolling against no, street not, dudes. I, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about like his upbringing. Because like the point that I'm going into is that like I... I've been very lucky in life. Like, I have a very diverse friend group. Mm-hmm. So even though, uh, you know, I haven't personally experienced a lot of things, I've worked with a lot of people that have. And that's that's sort of like the beauty of, like, film and entertainment. You do right. any number of different movies, and based on the project and, like, the perspective they need to make that work, you meet all these different people, right? Mm-hmm. I now live in Baltimore. I've shot a number of films in Baltimore. I have a thorough education in the world that that comes from. And I think people forget that, like, just because you make it out of that doesn't mean you can leave it behind. Right. Right? And, like, there's there's times where, like, I have, you know, and I'm certainly not going to mention anybody's names, but, like, there's people that, like, I've got along with on set. There's people that I didn't get along with on set. And how they handled that and, and you know, the things that resulted from that largely came from their background. Right. And, like, even people, like, I've known, I've known some people over a number of years where, like, I've sort of, like, watched them change and, like, cater that but like yeah if you grow up in a uh, hostile environment where you're constantly under threat and you need to be on edge like you learn to protect yourself and very quickly like you ramp up very quickly to any sort of yeah because it's a uh, mix of do you think it's like a mix of anxiety trauma plus knowing the experience you think it's a mix of all that? That sounds very accurate, right? Anxiety being the key thing like it's fear and that's what that's what I think a lot of people that grow up safe don't understand is that uh, violence is not a result of, uh, I can't say always, uh, violence I would say is majoritively not the response of um, 
hatred or anger. Violence is often the response of fear, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you're you're afraid, and you learn to like deal with that fear in a way that that protects yourself, make you safe, right? Like I I will lash out at this thing, uh, you know, if, if I feel something's coming for me or whatever. Even if that's subconscious, I don't think it's always on a conscious level. Right, you go after that. But this type of thing, I, I've seen it all the time right so you got some dude who graduates from juilliard in you know a, a trust fund right uh, and has an altercation on set with somebody that grew up on north avenue yeah. and they come at that altercation from very different perspectives right? right and then when it doesn't go well uh neither side understands what the other side didn't get right the juilliard guy doesn't understand why all of a sudden uh, the other dude's holding a bottle right. and and the guy from the bottle is like well listen you said some shit about me you didn't think something was going to happen because of that like right. you there's you a could receipt just, for yeah, that yeah yeah you, you you thought you could just talk about me and nothing would follow right. and both are not wrong and both are wrong so mm-hmm. i feel like this is an exact uh sort of it's a it's a metaphor of that right it's an it's another example of that right where you have a a guy who is now in a very safe plush world um where the money's coming in where the sort of gangsterness is now a persona instead of a reality right right and now and now you're projecting that and surprise the real world is still involved right and can still touch you you still can be touched <laughs> you're not in fairytale land you still yeah, can be yeah. touched you're still you, human you still touch you <laughs> if that bullet went off and you bled like you would still bleed red so i mean yeah i mean it makes sense yeah it's it's very dicey people have to understand right you can't lose yourself to the point that you can't What's the way I could say this? Don't lose yourself to the point that you lose reality. You can't be touched. You're still a person. You're not the best thing since sliced bread. Hmm. It's okay to understand. It's it's okay to grow and evolve and mature and to handle stuff um, from a growth aspect. You're always progressing, but mm-hmm. you can't really you you can't be having your head so far up your rear end that you don't realize. Hey, if I'm in the middle of this particular situation, I have to understand the culture of what I'm around. Absolutely. This is, uh, again, huge nerd. One of my favorite books is uh, Dune by Frank Herbert, right? Even if you're not a reader, go read Dune by Frank Herbert. But he has this saying in there where he's talking about um, greatness and how it's dangerous. Right. And one of the lines, it, Frank Herbert has a PhD in, in uh, psychology, by the way, which makes his book great. But the line basically reads that if at any point a man falls in love with his own myth, he will be destroyed. Mm. And that can be applied to any aspect of the uh, the entertainment thing. And it's certainly applicable to, to Kanye, right? Mm. The second that you forget that your success, your celebrity, whatever, is a persona, that it's a projection of you, not really you, yeah. as soon as you're saying, like, that's me, right? Like, the, the physical entity, Martin Lopez, is a star, no longer a mortal man. That's the end. Right. right. over. People stop buying your Yeezys. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, you yeah, because you know, like, even if you're, even if somebody's celebrity, even if somebody's larger than life, like Beyonce, right? right. Like Beyonce or Beyonce or Oprah, right? They're both now like their own brand, mm-hmm. right? They're their whole industry. Um, even somebody like that, people like them because of the real parts of them. It's not. Right. It's not the giant mega millions. It's not whatever. Like people aren't in love. There's with like them. this tangible relation right. that they have, or it's like a look up. It's almost like integrity that's what it is it's, it's like there's an integrity there and you re- there's more of a respect there yeah it's genuine yeah everything and, about it is genuine yeah and all, all the money and the power and the celebrity people are happy that they have them but that's not what generates the love what generates the love is 
the genuine product, the real, you know, human aspect of who they are and, and how that is portrayed in their art, that's what people love. And then they're happy all the other stuff follows. Right. But there's plenty of like super rich, famous people that we don't give a fuck about because right. they're not genuine and they're plastic and they're mm-hmm. awful people. And they're like, all right, well, you got money. Like, I would never be in the same room as you. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Because there's a difference between. I wouldn't hang out with Kanye. Yeah. I wouldn't. I, 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 I couldn't do it. Don't call. Don't call Kanye. (laughs) You definitely not a friend of the show. You definitely not a friend of the show. I couldn't do it. Do not call me. Because people, here's what I, I'll I'll put it to you like this, right? I'll give you a perfect example, right? Mm -hmm. I was filming like this uh, Republican type of a a convention type of deal. And Ben Carson happened to be there. Mm -hmm. Excellent example. (laughs) (laughs) I see where this is going. (laughs) So my friend who's slightly older now, he really doesn't mess with either party. Mm -hmm. But he was kind of a little bit excited to see Ben Carson. Keep in mind, he's like 50-something in his 50s. So I'm like around 27 at the time. I'm 28 now. So That's so old. God, you're so old. How old are you, Martin? I'm 18. With the whole stubble and, and I don't know I was going to be on camera this morning. Dude didn't tell me I was going to be on camera this morning. I, I sure did. In my, in my PJs. I sure didn't tell him. <laughs> he walked in. He saw the camera there. He looked at me like, damn, ever really? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's all right. Anyway, your story. But, you interrupted your story. Go ahead. But uh, <laughs> he looked over at me. He was like, oh, my gosh, that's, that's, that's Ben Carson. Now, keep in mind. I'm well aware who he is. Mm-hmm. I'm well aware what he's done for medicine. Right. At the same time, though, he has said dumb stuff that's affected people of African-American descent. Yeah. Asinine stuff. Right? Very like, asinine we can, stuff. We can forgive any number of things that be like, dude, what are you doing? So <laughs> me knowing that, and I literally, Martin, I kid you not, I uh-huh. took like five minutes in and I thought about it. I was like, I looked at him. I said, so I'm supposed to be impressed because he's standing in front of me. And I acted like I wasn't impressed. I mm-hmm. literally acted. It wasn't me trying to be cool. It was literally because I knew about him. Mm-hmm. And also I knew the destructive commentary that he gave towards people of color about certain issues. Mm-hmm. I was not impressed. And Speaking what I'm saying is, power. right. And what I'm saying is, is you have reached a level of success and that's great. Don't forget the fact that there are people out there that have not reached that level of success or see success from a smaller or different perspective. You don't have to be a millionaire to be successful. Mm -hmm. Success doesn't mean I have to have this extremely high position that makes money. Mm -hmm. Success is what you make it. And that's the problem that I have with people now and especially I think I have that problem with just us as Americans in general. Like we get so caught up into what works or or what works from a materialistic perspective that it is draining materialism. Yeah. So you mix materialism with political tribalism mixed with overall greed. It's not a good ingredient, a soup that you want to make. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. But we, I, like, you know, I, I would crazy. toss in there social media. I think it compounds all the problems you're talking about. Because uh, part of America has always been like, do I have a cool car? Do I have a nice house? Uh, does my job make a lot of money? And then like, does that, do people see that, right? Do people see me as a successful individual? Right. But that... It was only, uh, you know, 
it was made exponential with social media because maybe that only came out in social functions or like large people, like now everyone's on display. Right. Everyone, like, you know, what your life looks like on a daily basis. Uh, and that's a choice, right? We choose to buy into it. We don't have to broadcast all that. And maybe we shouldn't, but uh, we certainly do. So the notion of like, how far along are you? Are you, you know, and it goes out of the money range too. Like, you know, like people freak out about like their relationships, right? Like, you know, am I with somebody? Is that going somewhere? You know, am I, people... You're absolutely right. It's this need to be successful. They have like this this burning need not to just be successful, to be seen as successful, which are very right. different things. Yeah, and I, I, I'm with you. Like, um, you know, some of the stuff uh, that like I do in life, like it looks good, right? People right. see like being an actor in a film, and like that's whatever. But like, uh, I teach courses in British literature. Mm-hmm. That shit makes me happy. Like, I right. like it. I like teaching about you know Beowulf and Chaucer and Shakespeare. Uh, doesn't pay immensely well right right? but like i and i've I've made posts about this like uh there's something about like you know helping a developing young mind or affecting somebody or like you know uh, maybe if if some of my students end up geeking out the way i did like one of the best notes i ever got was uh, the student wrote back like uh several years later and they had just finished their degree in uh medieval history Mm -hmm. and i was like that's solid welcome to the tribe like that type of stuff i agree with you like when you get to the end of your life what are you going to look back on? What actually makes you happy? If the difference is your bank account says $1.8 million versus $700,000, uh, i am not sure that's what does it. Right. It's, it's very it's very disheartening to me when I see people act that way because it's like y'all are missing the point. Y'all are really missing the point. This is, who puts on their tombstone their bank account? Nobody. Uh, yeah, here, here lies Mr. Smith Nobody. died with... 2.2 million you're gonna bank. be buried the same way yeah. that poor person was yeah. buried and people don't pass that you know, that too so like oh look that guy died with a lot of money so like no one cares right at, at the end of your days the dollars are not what matters i told this i told this at my job i'm like look money is okay but people I need it to not die right <laughs> you need it to keep you need it to you know keep staying steady make sure you're in a nice spot okay that's cool now here's the thing though mm-hmm what people are going to remember is how you made them feel. They may forget what you say. They may forget what you did. They may forget. They may even forget accomplishments mm-hmm. if it's not big enough or if it's not heard enough times or whatever. But they will never forget how you made them feel. Right. Good or bad. Right. How did you treat bad. people? How did you treat people? What did you say to them? What did you? Because it's one thing to go. Oh yeah, he was a great successful guy at his profession. It's a whole other thing to look back and be like, yo, he helped all these people get here. If it wasn't for him, ain't none of us would get put on. Preach. (laughs) So that's the difference between both. So it's just one of them things, man. This is just another example where you have to really look out for people over positions, over um, policy, over um, money. You know, uh, you have to take that time to look after. Yeah. And people. especially like in our industry, like with with uh, independent filmmakers, right? Like mm-hmm. we want to do the thing, but you don't have millions yet. So right. like the only way that works, the only way that like you shoot movies like we do or you get something like that made and made well is like when people sack up and decide to contribute you know, right. and like bring their talents to the thing. Like you, you don't you don't have a stunt guy demanding to be paid his worth yeah. he's willing to show up and do the three or four stunts you need for your flick and you know like take some money but not you know break right. the bank like that's the only way it works because that's that's kind of the, and i'll open up kind of the curtain here that's kind of the dilemma i'm in 
don't get it twisted. I want to pay people. Yeah. I want to pay everybody. Yeah. If it was up to me, if I had a hundred grand, everybody giving everybody would get paid. The get problem paid. is, I don't have I don't make enough salary wise to pay to everybody yeah. to really bankroll it. I'm not at that point yet. So then I have to turn around. I have to be like, all right. There's certain things I know I have to pay for. If I want this edited within a certain amount of time, I know I got to pay for that. I know I got to take care of this. The reality of the situation is, and this is the kind of the reality for independent filmmakers or creators, is it's not just me in that boat. It's several creators in that boat. Mm -hmm. We all work in a nine to five, either that we don't want to work or it's just to pay the bills. Yeah. So it's one of those situations where, okay, I have to take the little money that I do have because I can't, I can't sit over there and throw my hands up and be like, well, I ain't got money. I'm not going to do it. Right. Because it's going to bother you if you don't pursue yeah, it. Yeah, you got to pursue your passion. Yeah. So it was one of those situations where, okay, I got to pursue it. Yes, I understand the situation I'm in, but I have to pursue it. Otherwise, I can't call myself a filmmaker or a creator. Totally agree. I get asked all the time that, like, now that I've had a few, like, lead roles under my belt, like, why not move to L.A.? And, like, it's not that I wouldn't do it, but I wouldn't do it without, like, a big contract on the books. Right. And exactly for that, like, I don't want to be an aspiring actor. I want to be an actor. Right. So, like, I, I and, like, nothing, like, don't, I don't want to criticize people. If you're out in L.A. and you're trying to make it and you're waiting tables, like, I certainly have a lot of respect for you. That's just not the path that I can personally take. Right. right? I can't go live in a city hoping that work finds me uh for me like i want to be doing the work so like on the east coast i regularly get work i'm regularly in projects like for me i'm a i'm an actor now mm -hmm. so yeah I'm, I'm not willing to give that up to go you know roll the dice in right. another in another window right. uh, on the money thing like uh and i think you're right in, in like i think people need to be a little bit more uh communicative because it's not always about like money or not money like i made the i made the switch several years ago to like always get paid like I, mm -hmm. I won't i won't join a project if i'm not getting paid uh but that wasn't to be punitive uh there's different ways around that i had a really good discussion with a director i've shot i've shot two at least two films maybe three two films with this guy now we're working on three that's mm -hmm. what it is um but he is a, an independent filmmaker not a lot of cash but he uh, was of the perspective he basically uh he basically said exactly what you just did, and his role was that like he had to find good actors, but guys that were willing to work for free. Um, and uh, he saw one of my posts on that, and he's like, uh, you know, let's talk about this because he didn't understand the perspective. Yeah. And he went and said, listen, I need to, I need to, you know, we need to have a, good, a quality camera. If we don't have good sound, like you know how it is. If yeah. you don't, if you don't have quality uh, equipment and you're not editing right, it doesn't matter how good the script is or whatever. It's not going to look quality. Right. And if somebody thinks that you know, like you did this and mm -hmm. like posted it on YouTube. It's not right. going to do a whole lot for you or whatever. It's not. The conversation I had with him is like, but that's exactly why I have to have money. I was like, you're not going to shoot uh, a movie on your cell phone. You're not going to like, because you need quality stuff. I was like, an actor is the same component. Absolutely. It's like, if you want a quality performer, you have to be willing to pay for that. Right. The difference is, I will 100% worth of the director on like, what that is. Mm -hmm. Like, the uh, the I don't I don't demand like the same dollar sign right and for like if I really believe in a project if I see like a script that I like or whatever like I will come down a significant amount uh, but uh, there's I, there's there's a huge difference even between like zero money and a hundred bucks a day 
mm-hmm. you know, like nobody, nobody's, nobody's breaking the bank off of a hundred bucks a day, but for me it matters or that, you know, I don't say like other guys just starting off. Um, I wouldn't recommend that actors come out of the gate and be like money or nothing. Like you right. need work, like you right. need to get, experience. you need to build your resume. You need experience under your belt. You need to be on set. And like the first few jobs that I did, uh, with, with no money, like it made me better at my job. Cause I'd never mm-hmm. been on set before. I'd never, right. you know, all that type of, so that mattered, but there's other things you can do. Like you can also talk about like, um, quality control of story, right? Like if a guy can't pay me a whole lot, mm-hmm. but, uh, he's willing to like, let me put in my two cents on the character or help like, you know, flesh out like what my guy's going to look like on screen. That's, that's a mode of getting paid. Uh, if a director offers to, uh, you know, get you your, your footage after the film's cut and then like right. you can put that stuff in your reel. Like there's any number of ways that you can get paid in industry and you can get value for your time that doesn't have to be a big contract. Right, absolutely. And I think a lot of times that's what, that's what maybe actors miss on the side of the fence when they're like, I need money for respect. Like I, t- I totally agree. You deserve respect. It doesn't have to be in the form of Washington's all the time. Right. Do you feel like that's the biggest uh, miscommunication because it kind of, if that dialogue isn't had, that it makes directors feel some type of way because they feel like, well, I can't really reach out to this actor because of, you know, because I feel like, maybe, because I feel like if there is no dialogue and you don't understand where the person's coming from, then how can we find a solution? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, I don't know. I think an honest conversation would go further. Like if you ain't got the cash, just tell the guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? But I I think, I think it's easy to misunderstand on both sides of the fence. Right. Because a lot of, a lot of it is sometimes that like people are saying that like, you know, well, if, if your heart's really in this and you love film and making stories, uh, then why wouldn't you come help us make this, you know, project? And so it's easy to me, I think maybe look at it as like, I need money as uh, maybe they're not as dedicated to the craft when they can be, you know, fully dedicated. Like I love film, right? Like makes me happy. Um, but, you know, career wise or decision, like I had to get some sort of compensation. Um, and then on the other side, uh, if you're in like the director or the producer hat, um, a lot of times, and especially with independent films, the better the budget is, the better your overall quality product. Right. So you want every dollar you can to go into the product, and that you you see yourself in the in the producer or the director had as paying everybody, the sound guy, the cast and crew, the script. You know, but the, don't forget the marketing too; otherwise, it won't go as far. Right. Exactly. So every dollar that goes into the uh, the the production itself is better for everybody because right. if you come out making something good we all get paid mm-hmm. you know in terms of career resume this so that's great so i completely get that from the producers and then maybe the uh maybe whether it's like a lead guy that wants like a little bit more money or, or something like that uh maybe they, they're not factoring that into it that like a director isn't trying to shortchange you isn't saying like you don't deserve cash they're saying like if we make something at a higher quality level that that's be- that, that's the better way I can pay you, right? right? Like some of some of Hollywood's biggest stars started in Sundance. They were in small independent stuff that was just made great. It was made right. very very well, and then they got discovered. They're like, holy crap! This is an excellent film. This person did great in it. And then you know you can't say they didn't get paid for that, right? So yeah, helps I, the whole team. Out. Yeah, I think I think it's yeah it's a it's a communication thing. Yeah, absolutely. So right. Martin, I'm gonna let you introduce the next topic because this one is a little bit of a doozy. Yeah. Right. So, uh, again, in America, we're facing a huge issue with uh, gun violence. It seems to be 
unending and both sides seems to be continually polarized right people that are staunch uh, supporters of uh, the second amendment they constantly feel it's under threat and they don't want their uh, what they feel is uh, inalienable civil rights to be removed and the other side of the fence is like we have people dying we have people dying all the time and right. they seem to be unable to find common ground this last one not that any like uh, particular shooting is more devastating than the other but this cat posted all right so we get ian david long 28 writes in the middle in the middle of his shooting uh that he is bored but sane uh, and that's apparently what law enforcement officials told nbc it says he also wrote that he knew his mental state would be debated for years and that he made two separate posts, submit a shooting rampage at the Borderline Bar and Grill in Thousand Oaks Wednesday night. Uh, law enforcement sources did not specify which social media platforms he used. Uh, but yeah, so we have a situation where not only do we have a mass shooter who obviously goes into a, a public place and ruins a bunch of people's lives, but in the middle of it, updates social media, right? That, like, And also, he is a Marine, right? He yeah. was a Marine. He yeah. served. Um. Yeah, I don't. It's a lot to unpack. So here's my thoughts, right? What is the big deal? Why can't we just have stricter gun control laws to avoid this from happening? Communication. I like. I'm I'm hardcore on this. I I don't understand. Uh, caveat: Like, I am a gun owner. I own multiple weapons. I don't understand why we can't advance gun control. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, but the crux of the problem seems to be like we can't start the conversation, right? The, the, the NRA takes any, like, if you get anywhere near this topic, they immediately jump to, you're trying to take away our guns. Ain't nobody trying to take Nobody's away your damn doing guns. That. Nobody is doing that. Nobody's even coming anywhere close, right? Like, we, we had a, an assault weapons ban in, like, the late 90s that said that there are, you know, some firearms that may be deemed too dangerous, like military-grade uh, assault, whatever. And that, that weapons ban was uh, not the best put together, and it certainly wasn't effective. But that doesn't mean that that's the only thing that we could do or the only approach, whatever. Uh, and... Uh, the numbers show, right? Polling in the United States shows that, like, most <laughs> most gun owners, most people who own weapons are in favor of right. legislation uh, that somehow could curtail gun violence. But we can't even get to the table to begin talking about it because of whether it's, it's the media or private interest groups or whatever. It always gets blown up to, like, are we taking away guns or not? And that's not the discussion, right? Nobody has ever said we'll take away uh, Americans' and guns. And then the problem with that is is that the conversation never is had about, okay, how can we come together right. as pro-gun and a little bit against guns? How can we come together to make sure right. that nobody has to go through this pain again? Right. I told a buddy of mine this. I said, you will never understand the pain that somebody goes through losing somebody over gunfire until it happens to you. Right. You will never understand that. Of course, you're going to be on the side of, well, you're t they're taking away from my guns. No, they're not. However, I can understand why you're on the side of it because you've never lost somebody to gun violence. Right. So they've never had that perspective, yeah. at least the ones that are shouting this. Yeah. And what I don't understand is like we get all up in arms of us. Like right now, the hot button thing is like the opioid crisis, like uh, government officials, like people like you see, like people are willing to go to war over like people are dying over opioids. Like but here's put the problem. numbers against gun violence. Right. And like be, here's the problem, are, though. You know, 
people did not care about the opioid crisis until it affected middle class Americans that were the sons and daughters of important people that hmm. move and shake the country. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, it does seem that very quickly, like, yeah, an important person's kid got hit and then all of a sudden it was important. Right. Homies in ghettos and yeah. this and that and lower income families have been dealing with the opioid crisis for years and 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 they got grossly ignored mm. and ashamed and nobody cared. Yeah. The second that a kid yeah. in a rural nice area mm-hmm. gets hooked on this stuff, now all of a sudden everybody wants to care. Yeah. When they're on a certain class, now everybody wants to care. Yeah, and, it, and it's really uh, sort of disingenuous too because they lumped it together like what affects uh you know middle class america often white america is you know pills it's not what wiping people heroin is killing people like right. needles in the arms and that that's been killing urban areas right. for decades absolutely and, and they don't separate the numbers either they're like this is how many opioid deaths like those opioid deaths are from people putting dirty needles in their arms absolutely. it's not from some kid taking a percocet in a basement that's not what wiping people out right so i i, I totally agree this is politicized so I, I only bring that in as example is because like we have tons of things in the country that are killing people mm-hmm. uh but but you know like God, yeah so <laughs> not not to get too heated about it but yeah. it, it, and again like i own firearms but like we have to be able to have civil discourse about it in an honest and effective way to deal with the issue so to have one side shout you'll never take our guns away nobody has the right to do that uh, and to have the other side you know say we're not talking about that we're just trying to look at ways to reduce violence in the country and to have the two sides never even admit what the other side is saying is insane to me the biggest right? problem is people want to listen to replies to listen to understand yeah and that's the biggest problem yeah. i keep saying this on this i've said this saying for the past it's going on a couple years now um, once 2019 gets here, which are about like a couple months away, but that's mm-hmm. sidebar to point. I've said this on this podcast several times. Is the conversation to listen to understand or is it to listen to reply? If it's not for listening to understand somebody, yeah. I don't want no part of the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Just waiting for your chance to make your point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. I, I think this is what, uh, what most people don't understand about the whole gun conversation, right? Gun control is not gun removal. Gun control is like looking at how does everybody keep their guns and do so in a safe and responsible way that's great for society, right? The, the Constitution guarantees uh, you know, you the right to bear arms. What types of arms those are and what quantity and what process is up for debate and should be debated. There's all kinds of crap you can't you can't have. You can't have rocket launchers. You can't have uh, fully automatic military assault rifles. Yeah, that, that's already in place. Right? The, the way the laws already exist, there are weapons you cannot have. We have already decided collectively that the average citizen doesn't have an independent mandate for an arsenal free-for-all. Right. So if that's already on the books and we've already got there, gun control is not this newfangled thing being put in place to try and steal the weapon out of your house. Mm-hmm. It's saying from this point moving forward, and we saw this with the initial weapons ban, like looking back, like there wasn't a mandate to go remove any if, if you already have one of these things it's grandfathered in the, mm-hmm. the, the government is never going to come take your weapon what gun control is defining it is not a, a ban on the second amendment it'll never happen uh it's not taking away your guns right whatever weapons you have uh are, are generally grandfathered into the law all gun control is is saying from this point moving forward is uh what can we do to look at making sure that people keep their right to have their firearms and, and protect their family and feel secure, uh, but also do it in a safe way for society. So it looks at things like t- 
type of weapons. Uh, it looks at things like, um, you know, the amount of bullets that are in your uh, clip. It talks about like the sale, uh, a registry, like the thing, like uh, one of the one of the things that almost everybody agrees on is universal background checks. Mm-hmm. If somebody goes in to get a weapon that can kill another human being. Why don't we look into their background, right? That seems a no-brainer, but we can't even get to the table to even discuss that right. because of how highly politicized and how hot on the topic is, right? right. Uh, or talking about like waiting periods, right? If I want to go buy a firearm, uh, maybe you know there's a you know. And it's so funny, like, what seems common sense to others, people people get, like, irate about. Like, some people mention, like, a week waiting period. Uh, and some people say that's sensible, and some people say it's insane. Some people say 48 hours, two days, right? Wait two days. I go in to order a gun. You wait that long for packages on Amazon, right? Like, right. if I, if I want to order, you know, like, a, a new, like, hot plate or something, it could take two days to get to my house. Right. If that's reasonable for a hot plate, why not wait, you know, two days while somebody runs a background check or on a firearm? But the sides are so polarized in this particular issue that is specifically like the NRA and gun advocates would be like, listen, if I want a gun at 2.33 on Tuesday and I have the cash and I'm in the store, I get a gun at 2.33 on Tuesday. But that begs the question, like, why do you need it so bad at that particular moment, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, and then like, another thing is I'm questioning, <laughs> I'm questioning people's mental health. And so here's, with that particular incident, right? Mm-hmm. How many people did he kill? Oh, I, he hurt a lot of people. I'm not sure about a lot of it. There's a lot of woundings. Let me see if I can dial it up here. Because there's reports 12. that people... He fatally 12 people. shot 12 people, and, other than, and there's more that are hurt. So he hit a lot of people. He killed at least 12. So, apparently, based on from what I'm hearing, this guy was a former Marine. Mm-hmm. Um, there's And, and he was rumors, investigated before. Yeah, and he was investigated before. Which is that's so painful for those families. Like, they must, oh, they must be so frustrated. Um, rumors of PTSD. Um, so here's my issue with this whole thing and I hate to take it there because I don't want to seem like I'm race baiting sorry you you got a white guy in studio you're safe (laughs) totally safe (laughs) when I hear incidents and we need to talk about the manipulation of the media as well had this guy would have been a couple shades darker I'm worried and I'm scared and I'm concerned Mm -hmm. because I feel like had this guy would have been a couple shades darker I feel like he wouldn't have gotten the sympathy or the or the careful like, hey, let's not be quick to judge. Are you talking about the um, the whether we designated as terrorism or not? Um, no, not necessarily. Because that was a big day. A lot of people immediately were upset that this wasn't called, uh, uh, you know, uh, an act of terrorism. Same thing with a pipe bomber, right? That, that oh, okay. like, uh, you know, that one where like because he's Caucasian, we don't jump to terrorism. But as soon as somebody's a little bit more brown and they do something violent, right. we're like terrorist action right this is different i think i yeah because i think that that's something that worries me because i feel like we are so taught as a society if somebody looks a certain way mm-hmm. judge them on site and i don't think that should be the case mm-hmm. um well that's that's a long-standing issue that yeah. like the african-american community gets blackballed as angry yeah. right that like if you raise your voice it's different than if i raise my voice. right like, angry black man angry black woman right syndrome. stereotypes if a guy's walking around with dreads, he might be up to something or something like that. That's or not if true. a guy, I, I thought that was true. That's apparently. Look, apparently Dude, to the ignorant are folk, fucking dangerous, right? <laughs> <laughs> apparently, that's the. Apparently, that's another uh, dangerous stereotype people are throwing out there. But this guy is a former Marine, mm-hmm. had former issues. In my opinion, he shouldn't be walking around with a firearm. And I'm not trying to be a jerk. I see, uh, yeah. but if you got. PTSD issues 
and you're a Marine and don't get it twisted. I have friends that have passed away from PTSD issues that I went to school with, I hung out with, I grew up with. Understand, I'm not saying this to be a jerk, but if you have those type of issues and you're from the military where you have experienced Mm -hmm. a lot of traumatic warlike situations, Mm -hmm. bro, you don't need to be carrying a firearm that could potentially trigger and have you do something that you don't need to be doing. Now, see, those are some interesting points. Let me, let me push you on a couple of things. Uh, one, uh, the military stuff. I'm sort of on the other fence of that. Like, again, there's a difference between, like, military cleared and a civilian. So, like, I, as a civilian, can't have a fully automatic rifle, right? I can't have, like, a full auto M4, which is what the military has. Now, what we can get is sort of, like, the AR-15. That's the civilian version. Generally the same gun, but I need to click the trigger to, to you know, punch out each mm-hmm. bullet as opposed to hold and spray. Uh, they have training. We don't. I actually, I don't mind... Uh, trained Marines, right? Like, I have, I have an awful lot of respect for uh, our men and women in uniform, and if they're sort of armed up, I'm less nervous about it than some dude that just, like, went out and got a lot of guns. I hear you, but this is a rare case yeah. where a guy, you could make an argument. So, for the, you, that's what I'm asking. For you, it's not the military thing. For you, it's the PTSD thing. It's, yeah, it's one of those things where, okay, He's in the military, so he's gonna get he's gonna get a certain level of respect that right. the civilian is not gonna get. Right. So he's probably gonna get a lot of, and I'm careful here because okay. I have the experience of two friends passing away. Right. He's going to get the nod because he was former military. Mm-hmm. So there's certain things that they're going to give him respect for that they're not gonna give the average civilian who never served. Okay. So my thought process is this. For the betterment and his sake, if he has PTSD problems, yeah. maybe he shouldn't be having the firearm. Yeah, so for you, it's more the mental. I think almost everybody agrees on that. And that, that at least is something that uh, uh, people who feel that the Second Amendment is under threat in the NRA, they, they, they will constantly point to mental health. I don't think they're wrong in that aspect. I, I don't like how that becomes the only issue. That that's sort of like it a can't magic be used, bullet that, that fixes can, everything. Right. It can be used as a scapegoat. But but what the problem is, is that goes back to healthcare, which we still haven't fixed in this country. Right. Like President Obama tried and met with a, an immense amount of resistance. Resistance that still goes goes forward. But like there is no. I don't. And I'm not sure everybody's aware, like we have no collective national mental health database right Uh, it doesn't exist so even if we decided to say that that people who are registered as experiencing PTSD or somebody that say like diagnosed bipolar 2 or severe like managed depressive or something all right maybe that like they should have a certain restriction on firearms whether or not americans agree or disagree on that some would say that's a good idea some people feel like everybody gets a gun no matter what universal right when we got to that conversation, there'd be no apparatus to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, we have nothing in this country that tracks and maintains. You saw that. Uh, you've seen that with other shootings as well. People that like both with and without military experience suffering severe mental disabilities mm-hmm. uh, that are uh, it's on paper and booked in one state. And then they transfer to another state where, you know, they get a they get a clean start and all of a sudden they have weapons and a lot of people die. Right. I don't know many people that would disagree with you that this is something we should look at, but we we need Congress to act on that. So we we, we need we need something we need a, a whole other thing to be created where we actually have a mental health uh, mental you know uh, disability database in the U.S. Yeah, I there agree. have to be laws on the book. So I, I agree. I think that sounds like a good idea, but man, there's a lot of work in front of us even to get there. Right. That's true. That's true. 
Um, so we definitely want to give prayers to the families that have been affected by this. And um, it, it seems so cliche, but I, it's just one of the things where it's like, like, what can you do? I mean, vote. at this point, at, what I you mean, can this do is vote. Like that, that's what we have, right? Yeah. So right now, uh, with with the status quo in Washington, nothing is ever going to be done about this. We're, right. we're gonna we're gonna keep and like one one of the uh, the talks that I, I really li- I didn't like it was interesting it was uh, a couple years ago President Obama responded to one of these um, one of the mass shootings and I wish I could remember which one it wasn't Sandy Hook I think it was one of the ones after that. Yes, yeah, so. Uh, I'll never forget President Obama's, uh, Obama's response to the uh, the Oregon shooting because I'd never seen anything like that. Like you mentioned cliches, and we do because um, humans are trying to do the right thing. The other thing I don't like I don't like on on uh, social media and other things now people like get on. There's a negative response to people sending prayers. The impetus behind that is good. They're like, don't send prayers. Do something helpful, right? right. Like activate social change, but I don't shame that. somebody. Yeah, if somebody is saying thoughts and prayers, it's not a negative. It's somebody who uh, is, you know, half a world away or whatever, and they're, they're just they're trying to convey to you positive energy, right? right. They're sending goodwill. Don't be mad at them for that. So right. I, I really dislike this thing that like I don't want your prayers. So like don't send prayers. I 100% support like vote, do something active, change the world. I'm I'm big on that, but like. Don't crap on somebody who says they're thinking of you in your time of need. That's that's not that's not a productive yeah, absolutely. response. Like you're not gonna negativity only breeds yeah, more negativity. Yeah, not, that that doesn't help anybody. Uh, but uh, in terms of cliche, I'll never forget Obama's response to the I believe it was the Oregon shooting where he didn't come out and, and say those things right. And he said directly, he said, "We've grown numb to this." Mm-hmm. He said, uh, "One of these shootings happens, and you guys come out and you ask the same questions, and I say the same answers." He goes. Uh, your questions are routine. He says, my response is routine. He said, we just do this over and over again. And I've never seen a, a politician not do the show right. before. And him just say that, like, I don't have anything for you today, right? Like, we've had this talk before. And he said in that sense, he's like, it's going to happen again. He's like, I'm going to say this. And he's like, and whether it's a week from now or a month from now, he's like, another bunch of people are going to get shot, Right. And he's like, and if we just keep saying the same things, it's not going to change. Nothing's going to happen. And, and and so that's that's where I would close. Where like, if you're sick of this, like you, your only apparatus is is uh, vote. You you have to vote, uh, or or get involved yourself and and uh, produce some sort of change. And uh, but yeah, Washington at status quo is fine and has been fine with a number of shootings for whatever. Right, right now, there's too much money attached to guns in politics. There's too much uh, private interest groups uh, buying elections, and they are more than willing to keep spending to keep nothing moving forward. Right. right? Yeah, because when you start making progress on on that end of gun laws and taking more, um, taking more, I guess, control or looking at them with a fine-tooth yeah. comb, people end up losing money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So... That is why there's such that pushback there. So I definitely agree. We definitely need to vote. Um, it's very, very, very important, folks. I mean, I know earlier in an earlier episode with Hilarious Omar, he had a different perspective on voting, and I gave him mine respectfully. But from my perspective, <laughs> it is very crucial to vote. So thank you so much for being a part of Audio Airstrike. We appreciate it. Um, until next time, everybody, y'all take care. Uh, look out for the next episode. Thanks. <laughs>